Welcome back to Off the Board Sports as this Friday. Thanks for joining us out there wherever you are listening at. We got an action-packed show, and it's going to go into a topic right off the back right now. We're going to be going into the Colorado State and Colorado game. There's been some back and forth from the Colorado State head coach, Jay Norvell, uh, saying some words about Deion Sanders, about how he disrespects the game a little bit, about how he wears his glasses and hat when he's talking to reporters and people. Uh, one, I know everybody is uh, talking about this topic, and I know a lot of people are getting a lot of more hype around this game now. Uh, but I'm totally 100% on Jay Norvell. You saw the Colorado State players, and just listening to what he said, he's sick and tired of people talking about Colorado. You know, everyone's giving this team all the credit in the world. Everybody, every sports talk show in the nation is talking about this team and Deion Sanders. And let's be honest, Juan, they haven't really did anything. You know, they're 2-0 yeah. on the season. Uh, they beat that big uh, game at TCU. Struggled against Nebraska in the first half, but really got to go in the second half. Uh, but one, I totally agree with Jay Norvell, and I like what he said. I mean, he has every right to his own opinion, and uh, I totally agree with him on this one, Juan. Yeah, not only Jay Norvell, you know, another coach that said something out of the Pac-12 was Dan Lanning was the latest in his conference uh, uh, post-game practice report. You know, he's, they asked him about what do you think of the trash talk going around with Colorado and Colorado State. He, he kind of is agree with him 100%. He's like, I don't remember them winning anything, and I, yeah. know, frankly, I think everyone's sick and tired of hearing about them 2-0. and You just mentioned being a weak TCU team, being a poor Nebraska team, very two bad teams, and now they're going to play their in-state rival with the Rams of Colorado State. I think this game's going to be intense, physical for the four quarters. you got to be disciplined. A lot of emotion out there, and uh, let's see. What, I know Jay Novell will have his guys ready, but the talent is disparity with these two teams. You know, Colorado's a big favorite at minus 24. I think this game will be covered within the 24. I expect uh, Colorado State to play with the chip on their shoulder and try to shock the world this weekend. Yeah, I love what Dan Lanning said, just reading his comments yeah. now. Yeah, and he's exa- totally exactly right. They never want anything in the conference as far as yeah, back as we can remember. Dan at and uh, certainly that's the truth. And certainly they, Colorado has not done anything, and they have not played anybody. Everyone expects them to beat lonely Colorado State, but I think when you hit it on the point, I think this team will come in a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Colorado State, they got blown out at home against Washington State, had a bye week, got an extra week to prepare for Colorado, watching game film. I expect Colorado State to come in here, and it's always been a, a rivalry game, but now with the stakes at a little bit higher with all the trash talk, I expect Colorado State to hang around. I don't expect them to win the game, but the 23 points and a half, that's just too much in a rivalry game. And like I said, with all the hoopla going back and forth, you know, Sanders, he's always going to have his dad's back, and you know he's always uh, saying stuff too. He said some comments about Matt Rule last uh, week against Nebraska, but oh, yeah. you know this team. I think everyone is going to want a piece of him, just how cocky Dion is and how his team goes about his business. But um, I can't yeah. wait. I even if they take care of business against Colorado State, I can't wait until they head up uh, to Eugene next week, where you got Bo Nix and you got to deal with the, a true road environment, where Dion has not been at yet. TCU was not, in my opinion, it was a day game. It's going to be a night game, I believe, up there in Eugene. And then you got SC coming in where you got the regaining Heisman Trophy winner of the week after. So then do something and talk if you win one of those two games. Other than that, that's just stop talking about Colorado. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of talking about Colorado. Game day has been in the last two weeks since uh, they shocked the world in uh, yeah. week one. And it's just uh, surprisingly like how everyone buys a hoopla and they don't realize what the facts are facts. And the facts are uh, clear as day. Um, they played nobody. They played a Nebraska team that just was uh, – Pretty much a lower end of Arizona State out in the Pac-12, maybe worse than them. Yeah. Um, but when they get tested next week, I know they're going to probably win this game 
uh, coming up against Colorado State unless we see a shock like it was uh, what yeah. they did against TCU, but I don't see that happening. But anyways, um, in week four and week five, this is where we're going to really find out where this team is made of and their quarterback Sanders going on the road to Eugene, going to face my Oregon Ducks. Um, I think it's going to be a beatdown, to be quite honest. We'll get into that when the, it gets around, the time comes around to it. Yep. But it's just I'm sick of tired of people talking about Colorado and they just don't realize who they play. They play two sucky teams. Let's get over it. Let's see when they play an elite team like uh, uh, excuse me, Oregon, Oregon and yeah. as well as USC uh, the following week at home in Boulder. Yeah, it's a 12-30 game up there in Eugene next uh, Saturday, uh, September 23rd. I'm surprised it's Point not a spread game, is but... at 14 points for the Oregon Ducks at home. So we are going to be getting into that next week, and that is going to be a big-time matchup of two top Potentially 15 teams. Colorado's just sitting at 18. Maybe they move up or not, but Oregon's sitting at 13 there as well. Getting in, recapping yesterday on the baseball diamond. Some really good series kicked off and finished yesterday. The Texas Rangers complete the four-game sweep that they were gunning for against their Toronto Blue Jays, a team they had a makeup ground against. And boy, did they. They just came in there and their bats came alive. Their pitching fell back to their form. Got to give that team ton of credit for what they did uh, over uh, this uh, week uh, weekday series of the four games. Uh, in Toronto, again, just too inconsistent. The bats, the pitching wasn't there. The bullpen wasn't there. And now uh, even Texas helped out Seattle a little bit in that second wild card spot. Their Mariners are a game and a half up on the Toronto Blue Jays as they have that big opening uh, series against the Dodgers coming into town later on tonight. Yeah, I just want to quiet all those uh, critics out there. I mean, you were a little bit on it yourself when they saw the Texas Rangers uh, spiraling out of the second half of the All-Star break. They were really poor. 16 of 22, they lost their games. But now they have won the Lux, uh six of their last six games. And now they head into Cleveland tonight with a ton of confidence. They're getting their rookie All-Star third baseman back, Josh Dung. That is huge news. Oh, yeah, I, th- is. I think that's where everything went wrong when he went on the I.L. Now he's finally back, and he's going to get the last 15 days of the month heading into the postseason. So uh, I think this is a scary team to watch out for the Texas Rangers. Uh, you know, I picked them. I said it yesterday, 25-1 to 1 to win the AL, 50-1 to 1 in the pennant. But um, I just I don't know why people thought this team was going to go away. This lineup is still very good. The pitching has picked up. But, you know, Toronto has been a little consistent with the bats all year. And you saw the bats woke up in uh, Toronto. They had nine runs the first game, nine runs the second game, and ten runs the third game. And then winning that fourth uh, on two. Tuesday, 6-3. So it was an impressive series, and it's really uh, something to carry that momentum headed in Cleveland on another road uh, series uh, starting tonight. Yeah, it certainly is. And again, all the credit for Texas and Bruce Bochy boys going in there and taking the four-game sweep at a and when they also needed it in a hostile environment you, on you the road. You even heard the Blue Jays fans yeah. start to boo their own team. and just well, rightfully so. Rightfully so, because, you know, the manager, Dave Snyder, I know I'm not very high on him. I'm yeah. not what your thoughts I'm on not, him are. I'm not, I'm not high on him at all. I yeah. was never high but on him. What's up with the Toronto sports, So It's not only in uh, baseball you see in NHL. Uh, finally, they get a series win uh, in the NHL yeah. when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightnings. But uh, uh, you talk about Toronto last year in the wild card being upset by Seattle. And now, again, on the verge of uh, missing the postseason. Yeah, they are. And uh, they're going to have some work to do, and it starts tonight where they kick off another series. But, again, let's get into another series that kicked off yesterday yeah. and a big series regarding my Baltimore Orioles mm. that I had a 25-1 to back in April to win the AL East division and have held that spot since late July. But Tampa Bay got a little bit closer last night, got it down to one. It was a tough game, 4-3, a grinded-out type of game, as expected and expected in this four-game series. So, 
You look at yesterday, Tampa Bay got, or Baltimore, excuse me, got off to the 1-0 lead, and then Tampa answers with that three-run. Baltimore fights back for a couple of runs, consecutive innings in the fourth and the fifth. Tied 3-3, and then Luke Rayleigh with a two-out home run, and that was a difference maker. But what really jumped out to me in this game was the bullpen, Tampa Bay, and we all know they have one of the most uh, dominant bullpens in the game, but after that fifth inning where Seville went out, you looked at, they didn't give up a hit. And you look at the Orioles' uh, bats, they were struggling in the Cardinals series. They struggled last night. If it wasn't for Henderson and Ron, they would have been shut out again. But uh, you look at Baltimore, uh, 15 strikeouts and 30 at-bats yesterday. they got to get more balls in play against this tough Tampa Bay pitching staff. you got Jack Flaherty going tonight against uh, Zach Eflin, who's been a surprise pickup again for this Tampa Bay Rays as they continue to find arms. Uh, But I like Baltimore to bounce back tonight on a Friday night. Big ceremony before the game with Adam Jones. I think they get some, some extra motivation. And again, to get a two-game backup heading into Saturday. You can't go in tight, tight, hanging tomorrow. This yeah. is a big game for Baltimore. And in my opinion, a must-win for them. Yeah, it's going to start in that top of the lineup with Rauchman, Henderson, and Santander. They were 1-12 for 12 yesterday. The only yeah. home run was from Gunnar Henderson. And then the bottom uh, half of that lineup gave them a yeah, little bit of production. Yeah, they only had four yeah. hits, and yeah. two of them were bunt singles. Yeah, that's my point there. They're not going to be uh, working against the Tampa Bay Electric starting uh, uh, five and against their bullpen. But, yeah, let's get into the recap quickly of Thursday night football. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, this was a barn burner late in the second half. It didn't look like it was going to be tightened up. But, you know, the Eagles took a commanding lead. Minnesota hung in there. But my thoughts from the takeaways of this Thursday night game was – The Eagles really made Minnesota one-dimensional. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. Eight for 28 yards for Madison. Kirk Cousins did what he could during the passing air. Played pretty well. I mean, 31 out of 44, 364 yards. uh, No INTs, but was sacked twice and a lost fumble. The Eagles really were that more balanced offense. We're really keeping the Vikings uh, guess-second-guessing if it was a... RPO, a run with yeah. handoff to DeAndre Swift, really stepped up yesterday, 28 carries, 180 yards. But, yeah, um, Vikings got the cover, though, late, um, plus yeah, six and a half. They so that's all that door. matters for uh, the back door there. But, um, it was, like I said, it didn't look like they were going to get that backdoor cover, but certainly, you know how the NFL is, these one-score games, yep. and certainly it was again. And Minnesota last year was so successful, not this year. They're 0-2 in those uh, one-score games. Yeah, and you looked at the first half. It was a tight defensive game. You saw some turnovers from Minnesota, put Philadelphia in good field position. But, yes, the second half, it got opened up a little bit. You had two touchdowns in the first five minutes from the Eagles. Really took over this game. And then you saw Jordan Addison, who's had back-to-back touchdowns in his rookie season in his first two games. So a very good start to his NFL career. Uh, but we know what Minnesota wants to do. They'll throw the ball 40 times. You know, Cousins, he didn't turn the ball over, but they had some costly fumbles. That's not going to win um, in the NFL. It's just not going to win the game. I think yeah. it was a, on a punt return they fumbled one as well. But yeah. uh, Jalen Hurts played well. He game manager, 18 out of 23, one touchdown, had that one bad throw in the first half where uh, Minnesota picked him off. But, yeah, the story of the game is the running game, and we know how good the Eagles are with DeAndre Swift bringing him over from Detroit. Wow. 175 yards. Their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. And the Eagles took care of business. They're 2-0, and and they're looking good in the NFC East, uh, where I predicted them to win that one as well at even money. So yeah. we're going to go into our final topic, Juan, right now, and going back onto the diamond yeah. before we give our free plays. It's going to be talking about the NL wild card, as right now it's a three-way tie for the last wild card spot between San Francisco, Cincinnati, Arizona. Arizona kicks off a big series against the Chicago Cubs that they roll into the desert. Uh, you saw the Cubs lose three out of four at Wrigley against this Diamondback team. 
but one uh, right now, I know back about a month and a half ago about this last wild card spot, uh, we both predicted the Diamondbacks would get in over the Giants and the Reds. Uh, are you sticking with that now? I mean, you look at the schedules of each of these three teams. Uh, how do you feel about which uh, team can get in? The Reds yeah. still won't go away with that bad pitching, though. Yeah, you still can't forget about a fourth team is Miami. They're oh, just uh, me, only a half game yeah. back, so it's a four-team uh, race. This is an exciting and wild card. You talked about these teams have been inconsistent. They've looked good at times throughout the year, each and one, each one of them. But um, I just can't get a feel for it. It still yeah. it looks like it's going to go down to possibly the final weekend series for a couple of these teams, maybe. Uh, but again, you talked about Arizona starting off the series against a, another wild card team right now, Chicago. They're in good position, but yeah. if, they, if they win some of these games, it can uh, bring down the game even, differential yeah. there. Um, Cincinnati, I don't believe in their starting pitching. Um, yeah. They surprisingly, they still have survived this far. Um, I don't like them. I think San Francisco has the better pitching staff out of them. Arizona, Miami. In my opinion, I think San Francisco will hang on to this last uh, spot. I know I said Arizona earlier on, but I think they're uh, just too inconsistent with the bats. You saw versus New York, uh, 12 strikeouts against Cody Senega, um, and really struggled in that New York series. Maybe they come back at home. They play better at home, so we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, it's not a whole lot better record, 30-35, and but... Um, we'll see. Yeah, um, you just something else to give on a Saturday, San uh, Friday Fran- night. Yeah, San Francisco gets four against the Rockies, and they yeah. got four against LA, three against San Diego, two against LA. So a lot of division games, and obviously the Padres will try to play spoiler. Dodgers maybe resting some players down the stretch as yeah. they already have won the division. You look at Arizona, favorable schedule. You got a big series with San Francisco, two games after the Chicago series, of course. Then you go to New York. Chicago White Sox and two in Houston again, maybe resting players depending on the situation of if that division's been wrapped up or not. Uh, and then Cincinnati, three in New York where the Mets have been playing spoiler against some top teams around in the last month or so. Then they go to Minnesota, three at Pitt, two at Cleveland, two at St. Louis. So uh, I don't know. Cincinnati's schedule is probably the most favorable out of this one. Yeah, but, but I just don't trust their starting pitch. Just considering that the only team they're facing above 500 is Minnesota. But if the bats get going, maybe the bats can carry them into this last wild card spot. But uh, if I had to say, I think Arizona will get that last wild card, regardless what happens against the Cup series. But Juan, let's wrap up the show with quickly. Our- we have a big series as well as for the Seattle Mariners. You yes. know, the Dodgers coming to town in Seattle, um, first time for them visiting the Mariners. Um, what are your thoughts on them? I know you still have the Mariners to make the postseason, but. This can uh, go uh, very wrong if they don't play up to the par against a very good uh, LA lineup and good uh, bullpen as well for them. Yeah, well, a big advantage for the Mariners in this series is the starting pitching, in my opinion. The Dodgers' starting pitching hasn't been great, in my opinion, offensive carrying them, especially we all know how good they are at the top of the lineup with Betts, Freeman, Will Smith. They got a very good lineup, one through nine, uh, but their bullpen is shaky as well. Uh, you look at the starting pitch of matchup tonight. You got Bob Bobby Miller, who's been very good, but a high ERA, three point nine eight ERA. Again, you got George Kirby, who really is struggling. Maybe the innings uh, pitching, yeah. Fast getting ball, to him. heavy pitcher there against a very uh, first pitch swinging Dodger lineup. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think he'll mix it up more today? Well, Kirby, uh, he needs to work more on his off speed game. But he, I know he's eighty percent fastball, but he cuts it. He likes to sink it at times. So I think he'll be fine today. And again, I think the Mariners, knowing where they're at now, and still a chance for an outs. I mean, they're only a game and a half outside the division. So yeah. of course, Texas and Seattle will go for that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so again, uh, there's a lot to play for, not only wildcardly wise. First of all, do you, you like this kid going for LA today, Bobby Miller? You know he has pitched uh, not terribly bad, but has a good overall record. You know about the run support he gets, nine and three of uh, four yeah. ERA. What are your thoughts on him? I know he's one of the top prospects. 
He's a good pitcher. I've seen him pitch a few times this season. He can get in the triple digits. Yeah. Off speed's very good. Uh, I think Seattle will take advantage of his fastball. Uh, can get wild at times, but uh, control-wise is uh, a concern for me in the long run. Uh, but I like Seattle today. I think that they'll take care of business. And then, uh, you know, talk about scheduling-wise, it got five games against Texas or six games against Texas in the last week or so. Also the big series against uh, Houston, who they have absolutely owned this season, surprisingly or not. Uh, but this is a big series, and we're gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend. We got college football tomorrow. Got NFL on Sunday. Uh, but let's get into our free picks. One, I'm gonna go with the Chicago Cubs. It's a little high for me at minus 140, but I just like the pitching matchup. Justin Still, the NL Cy Young candidate right now, the front runner, 16 and three. Where would the Cubs be without his pitching? We know Marcus Stroman was very good for most of the year. He's still dealing with an injury, uh, but he's been phenomenal for this Cubs team. You look at Arizona, who they got on the mound. It's Fada, 1-8, 6.25 ERA. I know the Cubs uh, dropped the game in Colorado, 2 out of 3 there. Uh, but I expect the bats to come up in a hitter-friendly park. I think the Cubs get it done a day. I know the price is a little high where I don't normally go or like to go. But I like the Cubs today at minus 140. I think the line's a little low. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'm still going to go with my pick yesterday. I hit it on plus money with the Texas Rangers. I'm going with the hottest team in baseball right now. Six of their last six has been wins. I'm going to go with uh, one of the hottest offenses still. 5.6 runs per game. That's third in the MLB, first in the AL. Um, Sacking and hitting as well. The pitching has uh, looked awful in the second half, but it's been rebounded the last six games. And let's see if it gets rides that momentum and that confidence headed into the postseason. I'm going to Texas Rangers. I think the bats stay hot against the Cleveland pitcher. You know, Lucas Giolito, this is his third team this year already. Uh, surprisingly, they LA got him thinking that he was going to be a savior for their pitching staff. Certainly did not work out. He's been off all 7-13. and 13. ERA's near 5. Um, I expect the bats to get after him. They know him well for his AL days, certainly. Um, I think John Gray rebounds as uh, the Texas started today. I think he pitches well. You know, he's been hit hard last few starts against Oakland as well as Minnesota. But I think he rebounds against a Minnesota offense that ranks uh, 27th in runs per game, averages uh, 18th. So it goes well for my trend today. I'm going to Texas minus 120. Uh, there you have it. You got our two free picks today. Join us on an action-packed field day tomorrow where we're going to be having three to five free picks and an action-packed show following the top of the Top of the college football games tomorrow. Also, we're going to be recapping game two of Tampa Bay and Baltimore and some of the bigger series in the MLB tonight. So, again, join us again tomorrow. Uh, and thank you for listening.